Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the On Poly Podcast. I'm Steve Pakin. And I'm John Michael McGrath. We're on every weekday during this 43rd Ontario election campaign. Today on the pod, a protester rushes the stage at Doug Ford's event in London yesterday. Both major opposition parties hit southwestern Ontario on Sunday morning. The Greens pull out all the stops in Perry Sound, Muskoka. And both the New Democrats and Liberals want you to know the only way to stop the Tories is to vote for them. It's Monday, May 30th, 2022, day 27 of the campaign, so let's get to it. Well, John Michael, as we indicated in the intro there, uh, a moment of, let's just call it concern. Yesterday afternoon in London, Ontario, Doug Ford holding a big rally and someone rushed the stage. Have a listen. And thank you for coming out today. You're privatizing our health care. You need to be honest with them. Yeah. Friends. 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 Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Friends. Friends, the momentum that we have right now, right now, is absolutely incredible. Our message is getting out there and the people are excited. You can see it with those folks right there. They're very excited. Well, you got to hand it to the Premier. That's not a bad ad lib. Uh, There's no indication that the protester wanted to do Ford any personal harm. He basically wanted to give the PC leader a piece of his mind about health care and his concerns that the Tories were intending to further privatize health care. All right, just give us your uh, initial reaction to all of this. Well, as you say, it doesn't look like the uh, man in question had any kind of um, uh, violent intent. I think that's important to stress. Uh, as you say, he was uh, the, the, the mics caught a bit of what he was um, uh, speaking about, uh, you know, talking about healthcare privatization. But he was, you know, shuffled off the stage very quickly. And, um, you know, I, I think there can be a uh, a reasonable grounds for protest to disrupt events uh, and disrupt people's lives and, and like you know uh, teacher strikes can do can can be very disruptive just to pick an example right and so I'm, I'm not uh, you know intrinsically opposed to the idea of disrupting uh, political events in this case I think you, you you know when you get close to the physical space of a politician it's it's it can be much more concerning um, and in any event, the if the point was to disrupt uh, the premier's speech, it it really didn't derail things for very long. He was shuffled off the stage very quickly. Well, that's what I'm going to follow up with you on because, and I think I'm going to be very consistent on this. I, you and I both talked last week about Karim Assad, the sort of lawyer and um, you know citizen journalist who was. Uh, rather aggressively ushered out of a Ford event last week. And we mentioned the fact that we didn't like that three uh, large male cops were kind of manhandling her in a far too aggressive way. I'm going to be really consistent on this issue. I have zero tolerance for people rushing the stage uh, when a political leader is trying to give a speech. Uh, I didn't like uh, Justin Trudeau having gravel thrown at him when he was on the federal hustings last fall. 
I didn't like the people coming up to Jugmeet Singh while he was in the car and jostling his car and swearing a blue streak at him. And I don't like this protester rushing the stage uh, to come into Doug Ford's, as you describe it, personal space in order to make his point. Uh, there are already too many of our leaders who are in bubbles. This will only increase security. It will cut off even more access to our leaders because security people will get skittish and they won't want everyday citizens coming near the leaders. I don't think we want that. And uh, I, will, I will further emphasize the point you made at the end. As a political gesture, it's stupid. It has the opposite effect of what the protester is trying to have. Um, after the gravel incident uh, in southwestern Ontario, uh, Justin Trudeau rose in the polls because he cleverly exploited the yahoo who threw the, groove, the gravel at him. Uh, it's the same here for Doug Ford. The demonstrator gave the PC leader a tailor-made opportunity to look strong, unafraid, unfazed by the demonstrator, and he got off a good line, which for Doug Ford is not bad. We've talked in the past about how every single thing he says at these events is scripted on the teleprompter, including things like, wow, what energy. Um, Ford got off a good one-liner there. Props to him. So let's not have any more of this, people. Protest? Of course. Demonstrate? Of course. Rush the stage? Throw debris at our political leaders? No, absolutely not. I'm sorry. I'm a hard ass on this. All right, back to the hustings, the NDP campaign this weekend. Remember the old movie, There's Something About Mary? Is that before your time, John Michael? I remember that movie. There's something no, about Mary. No, I would see that one in theaters. Oh, okay, good. Well, for the NDP, there's something about Sue. Uh, not the person named Sue, the Sue as in Sue St. Marie. For the second time in this campaign, Andrea Horvath's attempts to get up there were all for naught. Her plane had mechanical problems this time. Uh, the campaign literally couldn't get off the ground. Uh, there was uh, a, a bit of an amusing exchange between uh, a reporter and NDP leader Andrew Horvath uh, as she uh, did a Zoom press conference from a different location, not the one she was hoping to be at. Hi, Andrea. Uh, did you break a mirror or something? <laughs> I've been asking myself that same question. I, I don't know what spirits in the world are, are um, preventing me from getting up north. Of course, our listeners will remember that she missed her first northern trip uh, because of COVID-19. And she really wanted to be there because this is a rematch in Sault Ste. Marie of the 2018 campaign when PC Ross Romano defeated Michelle McCleave Kennedy by only 400 votes, in part because the Liberals only got 10% of the vote last time out. Their vote cratered, as it did in so many ridings across the province of Ontario four years ago. The New Democrats uh, are trying to stir up a bit of controversy in the riding of Sault Ste. Marie. They released documents showing that uh, Romano claimed expenses for a residence in Sudbury, uh, even though uh, he claims he, he lives in the Sioux and, and you know, angrily uh, rejected the accusation that he, uh, you know, lives outside of the riding. Uh, what's going on here? Uh, Romano's wife is a judge in Sudbury. It would sort of be normal, I think, that uh, they would have a place there. And uh, Romano does claim some expenses uh, traveling between uh, that home and his residence in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, the the NDP obviously, uh, you know, trying to score some points on this, you know, all's fair in love and war and politics, I guess. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out on Thursday night. It's also worth adding that, uh, you know, Romano might have a uh, an additional uh, bit of 
I don't know, baggage, I guess, uh, in the North uh, because of his position as uh, minister responsible for colleges and universities uh, at the time of the distress that Laurentian University went through. Uh, that'll be one element I will be uh, looking for to see if there's any signs there uh, of how that has impacted Tory fortunes in the North. Let's pivot to the Liberal campaign. Stephen Del Duca was in Toronto, Kitchener and Cambridge today. There is one person I know who is not fit to lead Ontario, and his name is Doug Ford. And the only way to stop him on Thursday, June 2nd, is to vote Liberal. Well, the main message Mr. Del Duca wanted to get out was, if you don't want Doug Ford, only the Liberals can stop Doug Ford. And we counted. In Del Duca's news conference, he said that line six times. So that is pretty strong message track for Stephen Del Duca, who normally doesn't get on the message track like that. This morning, he was in former Premier Kathleen Wynne's riding, that's Don Valley West, stumping for Stephanie Bowman, who is the Liberal candidate there. That was a super close race four years ago. Kathleen Wynne won it by fewer than 200 votes. The Tories are running former Toronto Police Chief Mark Saunders there this year, so that promises to be a really close race again four years later. You know, this is a refrain that we are seeing uh, repeatedly from both the New Democrats and the Liberals. You know, a vote for us is the only way to stop Doug Ford. Stephen Del Duca was asked today why uh, he has not talked about any kind of uh, coalition agreement with the New Democrats. Uh, Here is part of his response. I think it's premature before voters have had the chance to look at all of their options for politicians to start talking about how we are going to divvy up power like this entire exercise is about us. Campaigning is not about us. Government's not supposed to be about us supposed to be about the 15 million people who call this province home. When they're sitting in their living rooms tonight and they're talking about this election campaign, they're thinking about who is going to make a positive difference in their life, who's going to make it easier for them or their kids or grandkids to buy a home or to rent, who's going to make it easier for them to be able to afford food or take public transit, who's going to have a real plan to the question of a moment ago to confront the climate crisis. That's what people are thinking about. It's it's those of us who are kind of stuck inside the political bubble uh, who, who kind of have these conversations. And I, I think we, look, we see what happens on Thursday, and Ontario Liberals will never stop working to earn and keep the trust of the people of this province. We respect what the voters have to say on Thursday, and then we move forward. Well, this, of course, is perfect for the Tories and a perfect nightmare for the two opposition parties, because if both the Liberals and New Democrats are equally persuasive in convincing the anti-Ford voters to come to them and they therefore split that vote rather evenly, then Ford wins easily. It's only when the anti-Ford vote coalesces around one party that the Tories have to start sweating. Uh, Andrea Horvath, for her part today, was in Toronto, Peterborough, and Ottawa, joined uh, at one of those events by the head of the Ontario Nurses Association. That was in downtown Toronto, just outside their headquarters downtown. And she was talking about Stephen Del Duca saying that the Liberals are the only ones who can stop Doug Ford. Have a listen to Andrea Horvath. On the contrary, it's the NDP that has momentum right now. It's the NDP who has been talking about health care for this entire campaign and connecting with health care workers. So uh, I I hope it's clear to all of our listeners right now, uh, depending on which party you support, the only way to stop Doug Ford is to vote for that party that you support. (laughs) I think I got the message, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, if you... uh, don't want to stop Doug Ford, you also know know which party to vote for, too. (laughs) (laughs) Race ipsa loquitur, my friend. (laughs) The thing speaks for itself. 
All right, let me raise the issue of carjacking here, which has been so much in the news over the past few weeks. Uh, Everybody, I'm sure, will remember it was the Maple Leaf star Mitch Marner who had his car jacked at gunpoint in the west end of the capital city. And now we learn that Shelley Brown, who is the liberal candidate in York Center, he was carjacked over the weekend. And uh, another liberal candidate had their car stolen from their driveway. Uh, This is starting to seem, you know, uh, alarmingly common, if not epidemic, uh, in the city of Toronto right now. Uh, The Liberals have suggested that the province needs a carjacking task force to bring some attention to the issue. And, you know, you can understand uh, people uh, feeling quite alarmed by this. I mean, you, you know, gun crime and car thefts are are both uh, the kind of things that quite reasonably upset people. And now you mix them together and uh, it's it's not a uh, it's not a a happy uh, outcome by any stretch. A very frightening issue, to be sure. Doug Ford, meantime, was in eastern Ontario today telling everyone he's the only guy who can, quote unquote, get it done. And this time he was referring to widening Highway 417, also known as the Queensway. People are stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic, traffic that is only going to get worse if we don't build. Now, polls have picked up some movement towards the Tories over the weekend to the point where even ridings such as Beaches East York or Hamilton East Stony Creek, they are normally very safe NDP ridings. Well, they are now considered competitive three-way fights. Uh, as our uh, Beaches East York Bureau Chief, uh, it's the riding I live in, uh, I, I have to say it, it's a bit of a, a funny riding. You know, the north half of the riding used to be uh, uh, one city council ward here in Toronto, and it uh, that ward voted for Rob Ford in his mayoral race in 2010. Uh, so there is definitely a Tory constituency, or at the very least a Ford constituency, uh, in this riding. But the Tories have generally gotten less than 20% of the vote in the last few election cycles, as you mentioned. You know, very solid NDP riding for a very long time. Uh, Arthur Potts won it in 2014, but very narrowly. Uh, in 2018, uh, Rima Burns-McGowan uh, won it, uh, but is not running again. Uh, so you've got a, a a bit of a chaotic dynamic in the riding right now. Uh, the Liberals and the NDP uh, potentially uh, engaging in some fratricide here. So, you know, it's possible the Tories might break through, I suppose, but I'm still treating this a bit skeptically, I gotta say. Well, the Liberals have a, a big name candidate in that race, the former city councillor Mary Margaret McMahon, and she's got good name recognition. Uh, the NDP, on the other hand, are running a first-time candidate who has less name recognition. So, yeah, you're right. That one's going to come right down to the wire. I mean, I will say about McMahon that um, she, you know, she was a city councillor for two terms, reasonably popular uh, citywide, certainly. Uh, but one of the things I have heard uh, quite a bit in the last few weeks is that there are still a number of people who are angry about things like uh, a bike lane that was put in in this part of the city or some changes to parking policy. And, you know, what's the, the line? All politics is local. Just never, ever forget that all politics is local. <laughs> right on. Well, let's check how local politics is doing in Perry Sound, Muskoka, because the Greens spent the weekend pushing hard in that central Ontario riding where they hope to make Matt Richter the second Green MPP in the party's history. Then on Monday, leader Mike Schreiner swung through ridings in Toronto before heading north to Caledon and ending the day in Barrie. 
you know, we have discussed Perry Sound Muskoka really at some length here on the podcast, but, you know, the Greens' chances of winning in that riding seem to be looking up. Uh, Main Street Research has been conducting a tracking poll since the election started, and their seat projections now show two Green MPPs in the new legislature. Uh, but of course, we won't know for sure until Thursday night, and maybe later if it's really close. Well, for what it's worth, I hate to burst any green bubbles here. For what it's worth, I just interviewed Erin Kelly from Advanced Symbolics, Inc. for tonight's episode of The Agenda, and she says it's not close. The PCs are going to hold it. Now, that's, you know, that's one riding. That's one poll. And, you know, obviously there's three days left to go, and you never know. But uh, she, has, um, she has said it's not close at all, and that uh, any poll that says it is, uh, is inaccurate. We put that it's out there for what it's worth. It's going to break some green hearts if Richter yeah. loses badly. Uh, they, they've put so much uh, energy and time into that riding, and if it's all for naught, there's going to be some some tears and possibly some recriminations. <laughs> Indeed, and it's his fifth go at it too. He's been running in that riding since 2007, and truly hope to make the breakthrough this time. Well, finally, we learned this morning that more than a million Ontarians voted already. They voted early in the province's advanced polls, and that's about 10% of eligible voters. In 2018, fewer than 7% voted early, but of course there were also fewer opportunities to do so. We had 10 days of pre-election advance voting this time, so I don't know, take that for what it's worth. There are still opportunities to vote before Thursday if you really want to. You can go to elections.on.ca to find your riding and where the returning office is. And of course, you'll be able to vote until polls close at 9 p.m. on Thursday. And this feels like a good time to remind everyone that we will be on TVO at 8 p.m. Eastern Time per usual on Thursday night for the agenda. Then we urge you to stay with us for our election special. I'll be anchoring the coverage. Mr. McGrath here will be providing commentary as will a political panel of former veteran politicians. So join us at 8 p.m. for the agenda. We'll set it all up. 9 p.m. for the election night special. Your provincial public broadcaster will have it all. We'll have it all minus the Scottish accent, because I think there you go. that would get us in trouble. <laughs> that is true. And that is the On Poly podcast for Day 27. A reminder, we're here every weekday during this 43rd general election campaign, right through to Election Day, June the 2nd. JMM, at least for a few more days. We'll see you on the hustings. We'll see you tomorrow, Steve.